Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today is Thursday, March the 31st. Yes, I'm a day late getting this out, but it's early in the morning. It's 5.51 a.m. as I speak. It'll be a little bit later once I get this finished recording and released, obviously, but you will still have a podcast this week. The last few weeks, well, really, this whole year has been crazy busy. And that's no excuse, though. I mean, we're always busy all the time, right? Like, when are you ever not busy? When are you ever not doing something? If you figured out how to not do something, how to not do things and still, you know, have a good life, have the life you want, we need to talk because I need some of that. Life is doing, really. You know, we say we're human beings, but it it feels more like we're human doings because we're always doing. But the trick is, I believe, the trick is to do, to be doing things you love to do, doing what you want to do. That's so much better than hating everything that you do. Like, oh, I hate the house that I live in and I hate the bed that I sleep in so that I can get up in the morning and hate the food that I eat and go off to a job that I hate and come home to people that I hate being with. That is a sucky life. So love the things you do. Create the life and career you love. That is what the Constructive Liberty Podcast really is all about. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about success and failure. Can you really become anything you want to be? Are big goals better than small goals? Why should you keep trying even if you fail? And how can failing fast help you succeed quicker? But I've got a couple of quotes for you before we jump on into the main topic. Sir Winston Churchill said this, Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And Truman Capote said it this way, Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. Now, if you think about a hot dog, I don't know if you still eat hot dogs. I I used to like hot dogs, but eh, give me a brat any day of the week. If it's an all-beef hot dog, sure, I'll, I'll go for that. Like, a good quality hot dog, yeah, that, that'll be all right. But to just eat the hot dog, like, there's, ugh, there's nothing there. Who wants that? You've got to have the condiments on it. You know, you put it in a, in a nice non-GMO bun or on a wrap, and then you're going to put a little bit of mayo and ketchup and mustard and relish and pickles and... and um you know, chili or whatever else things on it that you love, things that you enjoy eating, something that gives it flavor. Success is the hot dog. But you don't realize what you've got in success unless you've failed. That is what makes success so sweet. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. Think about that as we go through today's episode. Before we jump on into the main topic, I want to remind you, if you have not already done so, reach out to me about the Teen Catalyst event coming up in June. That'll be the last weekend of June. I don't have the dates right in front of me, but if you look at your calendar, it is the last weekend of June. It is a father-son camping event 
That will be Friday through Sunday, the 24th, 25th, and 26th. Father, son, it's for teenage boys. And I've got one person signed up already. Uh, today is the last day where you can sign up at the early bird rate. It's only $175. And if you think about everything that you're getting in this event, that's pretty incredible. That's not even going to cover costs for me. But what we're doing is this is going to be on-site camping, which you'll have a tent site provided for you. And all food and drinks are covered. Like just the food and drinks for the weekend is probably going to going to be pushing close to taking the full cost of registration at the early bird rate. And then we're going to have all kinds of events and and activities and things to help teens put some thought into their future, help them design the life they want to live. Things that get them thinking about what kind of life and career they want and that would fit their unique personality, that fits their strengths, their talents, their gifts, the things they enjoy doing. That is what gives life its... That's what success is, is when you can create a life you want to live. So let's jump on into the main topic. As as a kid, you know, we were always told, and we continue to tell kids, that you can be anything you want to be. But do we really believe that? You remember when you were young and everybody told you you can be every everything you wanted to be, right? I mean, like, you want to be... You know, I wanted to be a missionary when I was a kid, and I could be that. And I kind of lost that. Uh, the The traditional way missionaries are looked at is is what my view of it was at the time. And am I still a missionary? I hope so. I believe my life, my career is a mission. So I'm not the traditional missionary as in I travel overseas and I live among the native people and I have things stolen from me and I... Uh, I don't know what I, why I wanted that, but that was what I wanted when I was a kid. And I was told that you can be anything you wanted to be. And we tell kids that these days. But it's funny how so many people who say that are nothing but hypocrites. Because if you're grown up now, if you're an older teen or you're a young adult, those same people will tell you, you know, if your dream is, I want to be the next Bill Gates and create the next Microsoft or whatever that is, they're going to tell you to, to stop dreaming and go get a real job. <laughs> I mean, wow. Like, just wow. One, one day, when you're young, they say, reach for the stars, be anything you want to be, and then they say, shut up and go get a job. No. See, the truth is, they were right the first time. It is possible to be anything that you want to be. And the amazing thing is, is that it's easier today than it's ever been. And let's dive into why that is. So saying that you can be anything you want to be doesn't mean that you'll, you'll get rich off of that. See, being what you want to be is easy. If you want to be a writer, then write. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to have a book idea in mind. They are writing a book and they never write. They're always fixing to write. They're always fixing to do the thing. They don't write. But if you want to be a writer, just write. Congratulations, you're a writer. You want to be a swimmer? Then swim. 
Go to the lake and swim. Go jump in the pool and swim. Now you're a swimmer. Okay, now I realize that most people, they envision getting paid millions of dollars to do these things. But they're comparing their year zero, their day zero, to Michael Phelps's gold medal winning year 27, or however old he was when he won his first gold medal. He started at zero. He started at day zero too. Wanted to be a swimmer. Went and swam. Realized he was good at it and could take it to the next level. So in most cases, you're not being paid to do what you're doing, to write or to swim or to build things. You're not professional, but that doesn't change the fact that you are that thing. You are a writer. You are a swimmer. And when you go start to be paid for it, that's when you become a professional. So once you realize that, things can get better and easier right away. It doesn't have to be your day job. You don't have to make your day job who you are. You can make your hobby or your side project who you are, right? It doesn't matter if you hate your work. I don't want you to hate your work. I want you to do work that you love. But as long as you're doing something else that gives you hope and purpose, that is something to try hard for. And if you try hard enough, eventually you'd be able to go professional with with the thing that you do, with the thing who you are. See, if you write enough, you'll eventually get good at, get good at it and people will start to pay attention to you. It's it's the the 10,000 hour rule. They say if you put 10,000 hours into something, you'll become a master at it. So the quicker you can get to that 10,000 hours, the quicker you'll get great at it. The quicker you'll find the success that you're looking for. What if the opportunity to make it big never comes, though? See, in that case, you make your own opportunity. You make the opportunity for yourself. You save enough money in your day job and put that money into self-publishing your own book or or uh, going out and holding your own swim meet. You know, doing those things for yourself, creating your own opportunity. Who cares if it's a massive success? We want that success, right? But what is success really? See, if you self-published a book, now you are an author. Or if you created your own music video or or produced your own music or, or whatever, now you're a singer, songwriter, all of those things. There will be people out there who've seen the work. So you can be anything that you want to be. You just have to figure out a different route to it than maybe the the people who made it to the big time are. And we don't always see the path that they took to get there. And we just see where they are now and don't know where they started from. But see, the truth is, one day they had a goal to get there. And that's what it takes to create the success that you want is that big goal. And so let's talk about goals for a second. Why? What is the purpose behind goals? The, the purpose behind goals is knowing what you want and chasing it, getting after it. It's, it's having that end in mind, knowing the thing that you want to create. If I go to build a house, I need to know 
what my house is going to look like. Like at least the, the design of it, the shape of it. Because if I just start to build and start putting two by fours together and say, I'm building a house. It's like, okay, well, what kind of house are you building? I don't know. I'm just putting things together and what happens, happens. No, I have a goal in mind for what my house needs to look like. I'm not just nailing two by fours together randomly and hoping that it turns into something you know, visually appealing or something that I'm going to want to live in, something that's structurally sound. No, I have a big goal. See, a big goal is often more effective than small ones. And the reason is because a lot of us are afraid to admit our big goals and great aims. and We feel silly about it. You know, we we don't even want to admit that we have big goals to ourselves. That thing that we really want, that reaching for the stars. Go back to that child that you were when someone told you you could be anything you wanted to be. When they, when somebody asked you what you wanted to be, what did you tell them? Did you say you wanted to be an astronaut or a policeman or a firefighter or maybe an NFL star or a singer? Maybe you wanted to be a princess? I don't know. See, not many people said, not many kids would say they want to be an accountant. You know, there might have been a kid who wanted to count numbers when he was older, but Today we say accountant. Like that's not as cool as counting numbers. See, as we become older, the exciting answers, the big things that we wanted to be, the astronaut, we started lowering our expectations. We started aiming for something lower and smaller. The answers became, for what we wanted to do, they became less exciting, more common. Why is that? Is it because the cool jobs that we wanted as a kid became less appealing? I'd say no. It's not that those jobs have become less appealing. It's because that kid lost the ambition that they had. It's because those same people who told us we can be anything we wanted to be started changing their tune and said, you can't accomplish those big things. You can't do those things. Leave that to someone else. Leave that to the people who can. But see, if you set a big goal for yourself, instead of the small things, there's a surprising reality that the big goal can become easier to achieve than the small goals. That sounds strange, I know. It sounds really weird, but there's reasons for that. See, the first reason that going big works better than going small is that when you have a big goal, you're actually more likely to stick to it. Right? See, if I have a goal of eating breakfast every morning, I don't often eat breakfast anymore. I used to love eating breakfast. But if I have the big goal of, you know, this is important to my health. I want to be an overall healthier person. I want to be able to go hiking for a day if I want to go hiking for a day. I want to be able to go swim a mile. I want to be able to run a half marathon. I want to be fit when I'm at the beach. You know, that's that's the thing that we all want is we want to be that person at the beach that everybody's like, whoa, check that out. That dude is fit. If you want that and the breakfast is part of your plan for getting there, you're more likely to stick to it because you have that big goal in mind. You're more likely to stick to those big ideas. The big idea is something exciting and something that you're passionate about. 
you know, nobody wants to be an envelope stuffer, right? That's not something to be enthusiastic about. Who sets a goal to go stuff envelopes, work at the post office, or whatever that is? That is not an enthusiastic goal, right? But if you want to change the world, you have a big idea that can change the world. And on big ideas, I forget who it was that said that most people have three to four ideas a year that can make them millions. So start writing down all your ideas and going through them daily and pick out that idea that can make you millions. See, if you want to change the world, if you have that big idea, you're going to be driven and you'll get into that flow state and then you'll work twice as hard and do twice as good work because you have that vision, that goal. And you're more enthusiastic about it. And that enthusiasm is contagious. When you talk to people about your big goals, they notice that you have something bigger, that there's something different about you. Yeah, there's going to be Debbie Downers for sure. But some people will get behind you. Some people, they're going to be like, wow, that's awesome. And they want to attach themselves to that thing to help you reach that goal because they find it exciting and they want to be part of that history. When you aim big, you're aiming for bigger goals that fewer people are trying to hit, right? Like the bigger the goal, the fewer the people there are trying to reach that, trying to do that thing. So that means there's less competition for what you're trying to do. If you think about it in the career aspect, how many people are trying to get a job at McDonald's? Okay, anybody can go get a job at McDonald's. So anybody that wants a job, that's the first thing they want to do is go flip hamburgers for McDonald's. And this sounds like a McDonald's commercial. It's not. I don't eat McDonald's. So don't go out and get you a double cheeseburger. You don't know what they do to those things. Not only that, it's not going to help you at the beach. So skip the McDonald's. Anyway, anybody can get a job at McDonald's. But you don't want to be anybody, right? You're not somebody who is going to be an anybody. If you listen to this podcast, you're somebody who wants to be a somebody to many people. You want to do something big. And if you go after those big things, there's not many people trying to do those things. You know, we talked earlier about playing in the NFL. How many people are really actually trying to play in the NFL? There's a lot of them, but not many considering the massive, the, the huge population, the huge population pool that could try for that. You know, there's, there's a lot fewer going after playing in the NFL than most other jobs. I mean, really aim for something big. You might still fail, but you might still be a big hit. You know, there, there's more football leagues than just the NFL. You could you could play for Canadian Football League. You could play for there's other professional leagues where you can get paid and do the thing that you love doing. There's a saying that says aim for the stars and hit the moon. You know, you, if you aim for the stars and hit the moon, oh man, I failed. I didn't get to the stars. Well, no. You got to the to the moon. That's huge. Don't shy away from what it is that you want to do or you'll constantly be living your life on low volume. Think of it this way. You ever go to a restaurant 
and they're playing music and it's just quiet enough. You're like, I think I hear that song, but I can't quite hear it. I wish they'd turn the music up. Don't live your life like that. Crank that volume up. Live your life. Embrace your ambitions and go for those big goals. So what happens when you fail, like we mentioned? Sure, you might fail, but you, you could still be a big hit. What happens when you fail? Well, there's there's a thing about failure. If you keep on trying at something, then you never fail at it, right? Failure only happens when you quit. Right? If you never quit, then all that's happened is you've had a setback and you've learned from it. I know that sounds like a cheesy self-help thing or something, but it's it's true that failure only happens when you quit. Otherwise, it's just a learning experience. And even quitting can be a learning experience. Let's let's think about what happens when you fail. Let's just take the uh, the example of creating a YouTube channel. There's a, there. Speaking of YouTube, I was at a B conference in Missouri over the weekend, this past weekend, and I met my first full-time YouTuber. So that was pretty cool. I, I've known that it's possible. I've s- seen other people that do it. I've followed their channels. But I actually met my first real-life YouTuber this past weekend. So that was cool. So we're talking about creating a YouTube channel that makes you lots of money so you can quit your day job. So many people want to do that especially kids. Every kid wants to be a YouTuber these days. So the usual way is to go create a YouTube channel. You know, you might not know very much about it. You just take your little cell phone and you record a video and then you upload it to YouTube. Most times, nothing happens with the video. Like your mom might watch it and get bored pretty quickly. She might get only 30 seconds into it. Maybe your your best friend watches it just to make you feel good and give you another view. See, most times people don't watch most videos that are out there. But if you're very lucky or just maybe highly talented and you, you put out lots of content, then you might get seen by the right person. Maybe that video goes viral and your channel blows up and you can make money. But see, in most cases, that doesn't happen. And the reason for that is because you don't have the experience and the knowledge that you need. And the odds are stacked against you. Think about the millions of YouTube channels out there. There is so much to choose from. And it is really hard to get recognized in the middle of all the noise out there on YouTube. So what do you do? You know, you, your mom and your best friend watched your video and you've put out 27 videos. What are you going to do? Take down your channel? Okay, yeah, so that channel failed. Big deal. You learn from it. You take down that channel. You create another one. You try again. This time, maybe a few of your fans, you know, follow you over to that new channel. And you have more knowledge. You have more experience. You know how to create videos now that people like. You learned a little bit about editing. And so you don't make the same mistakes you made before. So this new channel is 10 times better and 10 times as good as the last one. And therefore, 10 times as likely to succeed, right? You've made some contacts outside of your followers, people that you can collaborate with. See, the thing is, you failed at the last channel. But that's the best thing that could have happened to you. Because you learned what doesn't work. 
You learned what not to do. You learned how to do the things that dry, that draw viewers. See, but don't get your hopes up too high because you're probably still going to fail. And now I'm being the Debbie Downer, right? <laughs> no, see, every failure, you don't have to look at it as a failure. It's only a, hey, this is what doesn't work. So it's not the end of the world if I fail. You just know what you have to try to do a little better, to be more successful next time. You keep doing that thing. Keep going after and doing the things that were successful. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you're doing the things right, and then you will reach success. So it's not success that makes you learn, get stronger, and get better, right? If you only succeed at what you do, you don't know why you succeeded. But if you fail, if you screw up, if if you put out lots of content and get no viewers, then, then you're learning what doesn't work. So value that failure. And here's the interesting thing about failure. The more you fail, the quicker your path to success will be. And how can that be? Well, if you want to achieve a lot in life, sometimes you have to just put out, do tons of stuff. Put out lower quality work. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, Ken, listen, listen. You're the guy who says only quality or not at all. Like, I'm in construction and I don't do shoddy work. I'm not going to do a cheap job, okay? I, I had a client who I, who I gave a quote to and they're so concerned about the price. Like, they're, they're, they're wanting to nitpick every penny. You know, this, this is what it is going to take for me to do the job. You know, it's, it's either, this is the amount to do the work. Here's the amount to not do the work. It's it's one or the other. Like I you know, you can nitpick all you want on it. You can you can question everything. I don't care. I do quality and it costs. So why would I say to do lower quality work? Well, you have to start somewhere. If you wait till your work is perfect, if you wait till you have everything absolutely right, then you're never going to get started. Just take this podcast, for instance. I probably still suck at podcasting, and I'm 79, 80 episodes in somewhere in there. How crazy is that? Like, I mean, but the more you do it, the better you get. It goes against everything you've been brought up to believe that failing is good or that putting out lower quality work can help. But see, when we look at what it takes to become successful, when we look at why people are successful, it starts to make sense. So here's, here's what it looks like to fail fast, as, as I'll put it. So in business, you might have um, a business that creates random widget, and they just put out a minimum viable product, right? Uh, one of my mentors said that he was coaching a guy who created a product. I don't remember if it was like a credit card machine or something like that. And he was nitpicking over every little detail. And my mentor told this guy, he said, you have to put it out into the world. You have to release it. You have to do it. Go do it. And the guy wouldn't do it. So 
my mentor who was coaching this guy fired him as a client. Well, a year later, the guy still hadn't released his product and he called my mentor, his coach, and said, I mean, he was nearly in tears. He said, somebody else released a product to market before I did. Now I can't put mine out there. It's because he didn't go ahead and release what he had. You have to put out your minimum viable product. Get it out there as quick as you can. Somebody will buy it. Then you can get feedback and create one that's better. So many companies create a product that's really subpar. Like it's not that good. It could be better in a million ways. Then they'll release 10 more products that are a little bit better. And then a couple more products. And and they're getting their stuff out there into the world. They become more well-known. But in that same amount of time, another company, they don't take the fail-fast approach that we talked about. They just release one product and they get it perfect before they release it. And nothing happens. Nobody buys it. Because nobody's used it before. They haven't built up that goodwill for people. You know, if you put something out there that does one job, it's the minimum viable product. You're cheap with it. You build up that value ladder. You build up in quality over time. You, You bring fans in that like using the thing. If you get something out there that's perfect and high-priced, people aren't going to want to use it. People aren't going to want to pay the money for it. Because I have this other thing over here that's maybe not as good, but it's a heck of a lot cheaper. So isn't it better to start small, to try, fail, to put out something that's lower quality and then get better as you do it? That doesn't mean try for lower quality. That just means do the best you can where you're at. Don't wait till you're perfect. See, these minimum viable products that we talked about, they take less of an investment. You know, maybe you, maybe you want to go build decks, but all you have is a hammer and a handsaw. You can build a deck with that. It might not be as good as somebody who has all the expensive tools, but you don't have to charge as much money and you'll get better. You'll, you'll, you can do that first job and take that money and buy better tools. And do a better job on the next deck. And you're learning. You're learning how to build quality work. You learn what it takes to make something fit nice. You learn how to, what it takes to make something visually appealing. And you grow with each and every deck that you do. And you raise your price a little more. And you become better. You become more in demand. And pretty soon, you're out competing the guy who started out with all the expensive fancy tools and high-priced, and nobody knew what his work was like, and so he never got the work. So do the minimum viable thing. Do the small investment stuff and just go start doing. Beat the competition to market. Don't lose out on, on those small jobs. Test the market. Get an idea for whether or not people want what you're selling. If you get a lot of interest and a lot of sales, then you know it's worth your while to invest more time and money and effort into that version of the thing or into creating the next iteration of what you're doing. There's the market there. If you put out that, hey, I build decks and you don't get any interest, well, then put out that, hey, I do vinyl siding and just move on. Take the next thing. Don't make a massive investment before you know that it's going to be a thing that people want. 
the other company, they invested all their time and their effort and their money on all the fancy tools to build decks and nobody wants them to build a deck. Well, they failed, ended their business. They are going to have to go get a job, like a nine to five job that we don't want because we're creating a lifestyle of freedom with a life and career we love. So you need to apply the fail fast technique to all aspects of your life. Just do it. Just go try something. Just go do it. You don't have to spend weeks and months researching how to grow the best tomato to go put a tomato seed in the ground. Just go do it. Release the beta version of whatever you're offering, whether that's a coaching package, whether that is you know, uh, 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 an event that you're trying to do or speaking or building decks or maybe you actually have created a process to build random widgets that people might want to buy. Just go do the thing. Release it to the public. You can do that with so many different kinds of situations. So in every area of life, think about how you can apply the fail fast approach. Just do it. Try things. Go do it. You got this. Do good work.